interesting experience on planet earth and we've talked about this before that coupled with the experience and the organic machine known as the body that pretty much all beings on the planet have there's also the divine spark the cosmic reality the galactic connector whatever it is that you want to call it the soul for lack of a better word, that also is kind of part and parcel of this experience here on this planet. And like we've talked before, I think it's meant to be that way. I think it's meant to be that we gain awarenesses, that we have these experiences, both of light as well as of shadow, of things that we would really, really want, and of things that are of contrast to show us as well. Everything is kind of pointed toward how good do you really want to make this experience down here on this planet. And I think right now when it seems like, and I think perhaps likely is, the fact that so many of the structures that the human species perceived as kind of holding everything together are being dismantled. I have no doubt that it's for our highest and best good, but as we've talked before, that's kind of an added caveat of highest and best good does not always mean you get what you want, rather you get what you need, to paraphrase the Rolling Stones. Nestled into that experience of being human here on the planet, we also have, you know, that biological hardwiring of being both apex predator as well as prey. And I think humans, by and large, don't like to think of ourselves as animals. I think we kind of reject that. We have a lot of phrasing and words, um, oh, you're such a rat, and oh, you're, you're lower than a snake's belly, and all those sorts of things where we, we tend to, again, kind of separate ourselves out from all the other, at least from a mammal perspective, 7.77 million other identified mammal species on the planet and we say no no we're different from you we we perceive ourselves to be kind of above and beyond and kind of better than and I I honestly don't know whether this is because it's a way to separate ourselves out from the the prey status as well as kind of emphasizing the predator status which to a certain extent if we do that at least in my mind it kind of comes down to the place where we're kind of underscoring the fact that it's inescapable we are among the animal mammals by identification here on this planet. I think because all of these structures are being wiggled and wobbled and are being actively dismantled that kind of brings to the forefront our perspective anyway and maybe highlights our status as prey because certainly right now 
the virus that is enveloping our species and is having a pretty darn good dance of energy with our species, I think that also kind of activates this place of vulnerability that we have of also being prey on this planet. I think that perspective also gets us to the place where we look at things where, as the saying goes, nature abhors a vacuum. And so I've seen all these posts on f social media, and I'm sure you have as well, about We've talked about them, about goats, quote-unquote, invading, you know, mountain communities, elk kind of flooding the streets of Estes Park, which is a lovely destination up here in the Rocky Mountains here in the state of Colorado where I live, and all sorts of other things where, again, our perspective is that somehow we're being invaded. And again, I think that just kind of highlights our our biological wiring of, oh, that's right, we're not really alone here on the planet. And if we kind of step back, nature will kind of automatically come in. And I think to a certain extent, and I think certainly from the animal's perspective, there's been an attempt and kind of an ongoing attempt, and it's kind of a perpetual attempt <laughs> for the earth herself and for nature to rebalance, to reclaim that which has been, I don't know whether it's uh, plundered, um, whatever word you want to put in there, more specifically by humans. Because again, pretty much every other species on this planet understands how to share. They understand how to make the most of the resources. They understand what it's like to be both predator and prey. And they understand the reason for that, at least here on this particular uh, planet. And I, I think it's also the reason why humans, we love our platitudes at this point in time, right? We're deathly afraid of the shadow. We don't do a very good job at incorporating shadow. It's most definitely not into our internal lives. And it's just so interesting to me that, is that now that the external has been effectively muted, and the external has been like, no, you can't go out and do all the things that you normally would do. In other words, all of the distractions that we used to have in the external world, if you will, have been removed. And so I, I think another gift in the shadow of the coronavirus is a looking inward. And that kind of, to me, kind of dovetails into the theme that we've been talking about for a couple of podcasts now, about emphasizing the internal. And this is such a rich time for you to look at the landscape of your life and go, am I happy with this? Am I working my passion? As Joseph Campbell would say, are you following your bliss? Are you doing the thing that sets your soul on fire, literally. And you think to yourself, well, if I couldn't do this particular thing, if I couldn't be this particular way on this planet at this point in time, I may as well choose not to be here at all. That this thing that you do, this gift that you give back to the planet in service and in exchange for the energy that you have and you receive from other people in this particular planet and in my case from other 
whole other groups of sentient beings on this planet. If I couldn't do this particular thing, if I couldn't be this particular way, I may as well choose to kind of cease breathing. And so all of this internal focus is creating these fires, I think, internally. And again, for me, that kind of dovetails into sometimes fires can be a very effective cleansers, and sometimes fires, if we're not careful, we can burn ourselves by getting too close. I know I've seen on social media, as I'm sure you all have as well, that there's also a tendency for our species at this point in time to go down the rabbit hole, to kind of go into this place where the look inward, I think, is a good thing to do, but I think then sometimes we can follow it to not its logical conclusion and kind of get distracted by the why of these things are appearing and it doesn't really matter I don't think at this point in time but it's definitely a well these people are doing these things and this is the shadow state this is the deep state this is the reason why all these things are happening and I would just invite you that when you listen to these things and I would invite you to listen to these things, these people, in a state of neutrality. If it resonates with your body and not from a fear base, and I think that's kind of important, the energy will speak to you if this is something that is meant for you. There will be a little resonance, like a little radar or a sonar ping that kind of reverberates in your body and you will you might get goosebumps, you might get, you know, like a little, ooh, kind of a tingle sort of a thing. And that's your body's way of saying, yes, yes, yes. Yes, this energy is compatible with who we are in this experience, and we like it. We want you do, to do more of that. If, on the other hand, though, you, again, feel your fear start to get activated and your anxiety start to come up, and then your mind starts to race and then you do kind of fall into the rabbit hole, chances are good that that particular thought or emotion being offered is, is not for you, is not meant for you. And at the same time, I think this is also an excellent time, as a shaman might say, of understanding that what at least humans perceive to be ordinary reality, you know, the toaster, the cup of coffee, the cereal that you eat in the morning, the salad that you have for lunch, all of these very tangible things are starting to not necessarily morph into non-ordinary reality. I think it's probably more accurate to say non-ordinary reality is starting to lean into and become more one with ordinary reality to where you might feel a heightened intuitive skill set come forward. You might start to have experiences in this particular dimension of your coffee pot and your cereal and things like that 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 you might not have had 
because the dimension that you're in is currently in a high state of transition and so these other energies that exist in other dimensions on all surrounding the planet, think Schumann resonance, think quantum physics, think quantum mechanics, whatever that is, perhaps even temporary structure you want to hang your hat on or lean on, even just temporarily, it's meant to be that just like your soul and body are one, the dimensions are meant to be one as well. And of course, animals know this, right? They know that there's no such thing really as just like third dimension. They're here on this planet. They know that they're having an experience at the same time. There is such a close relationship. And even to call it a relationship kind of doesn't really come close enough to saying what it is because a relationship to me implies a, a one with the other with animals there's just the one right they're able to step into these other dimensions and understand at the same time that they are predator and prey on this planet that that serves a purpose for them and they're able to stand on in the middle of what seems to be for humans maybe a really, 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 really small space. But for animals, they can make it as large and as comfortable as they want to. Because it's not a matter of being predator or prey. It's not a matter of light or shadow. There's just here. And there's just now. There is no separation for them. There is no time. There is no yesterday necessarily. There is no future. Although at the same time, and I again pun intended, that we think of past, present, and future, they have an awareness of past, present, and future. But at the same time, it's it's there. They connect them and they kind of stitch them all together. Like, for instance, when I'm communicating with an animal. And sometimes with a guardian, there will be a question of, gosh, he or she seems to be particularly fearful of men, of women, of closed spaces. That actually brings to mind just this adorable chihuahua who happened to be one of my case studies for my certificate in canine massage therapy. Just absolutely adorable, made huge progress, kind of leaps and bounds. And it was interesting because at the time I was going through canine massage therapy school, I had already kind of hung out my professional shingle as an animal communicator. And so even at that time, I was kind of weaving both animal communication and canine massage therapy into one kind of modality. And in the beginning, when I would go to visit his foster home, because he was currently being fostered, there would be a lot of tugging on my pants legs, a lot of a little bit more than Elvis lip curl going on, definitely kind of snarling and nip yipping and things like that. And that was when the guardian brought up that this particular animal seemed to be deathly afraid of not only stairs but of bathrooms and it became clear really quickly that the previous home that this particular animal was in he was in fact locked in bathrooms for hours at a time 
and in going this one particular bathroom in the home where he was he would have to go downstairs and he would basically be kind of pushed or I'm hearing hands clapping of like okay go downstairs go downstairs we'll put you in the bathroom put you in the bathroom which of course from a dog training standpoint even if there was the same kind of behavior that he was exhibiting <laughs> is not really <laughs> the way to redirect that behavior to something more positive because to a certain extent you're just reinforcing it and you're not really allowing this lovely sentient being to for the most part most of them would say oh yeah yeah I've totally got this issue and I really need your help with this that's what's so wonderful about them they don't there's not really really a denial they're just like oh yeah yeah I do this and I understand that that causes some distress in our shared energy environment but here's I need your help in order to get this thing done and so but by the end of the the my case study with him I was able to put my hand on him there was no lip curl I think one of the second of the last sessions he actually crawled from his foster parents lap into my lap which was such an aha moment but rather than think of past present and future this animal understood that all of these things that I struggled with then I have an opportunity to release them in the now because they will be important for my future and it was all driven by not necessarily pleasing humans but I think reaching that state of perfect balance for that particular sweet little chihuahua on this planet in this time and space. As you're doing these introspective journeys, I can't, and I'm speaking of the word journey, I cannot recommend shamanic journeying enough as a tool to, to help you with this. We've talked about journeying before. You can easily look up YouTube videos for sh uh, shamanic drumming. That's what I do all the time. Pick one that uh, resonates with you. You don't need to sit there and uh, bang your own drum, so to speak. You can easily let someone do that for you. And a really positive first intention for shamanic journeying would be, I would like to meet my spirit guides. Keep it simple, keep it short, keep it to the point. You may want to visualize, as some people do, a huge oak tree and you're getting closer and closer to the base of this beautiful oak tree and you see an opening at the base of the oak tree and you start to see some stairs leading downward. This is the moment based on your intention, intention being everything, that your guides will come and get you. Now when you're stepping into the space you might feel like a little bit of a, a stomach flip especially if they're taking you into lower realm as it's called because you are still in the physical form that you are that physical form will have a reverberating response and provide you with information of just like oh whew, and stepping into this next dimension wow yeah whew, I just felt like a little bit of a roller coaster ride or you're in an elevator and all of a sudden the elevator drops fairly quickly from floor 10 down to floor 3 that's as it should be. Just breathe through those. Know that you are perfectly safe, that you are very protected. It could very well be that this entrance into journey space for you 
Sometimes what I use for clients is to visualize that they're in a meadow and that, that they come across this beautiful, really elaborate wrought iron gate. It's gorgeous. It's got these vines all over it. The vines are starting to flower. You can smell a little bit of the flowers, the sweetness of the flowers. A bee might be buzzing amongst one of the flowers. And as you look at this gate, you notice that the gate is unlocked and it's slightly ajar. And so the closer you get to that gate, you simply open that gate. It's already been unlocked for you by your intention. And that's the moment your spirit guides will come and get you. Lower realm tends to look a little primitive, at least my experience is. It's a little sparse. There might be bonfires down there. There might be caves down there. Middle realm or middle world tends to look a lot like this one, only even a little bit more so. There might be beings there, deer, elk. You might see some unicorns. You might see some dragons. You might see some fairies in middle realm. Upper realm, for me, tends to be a little bit more ethereal. It tends to be a little bit more translucent in colors, things like, think like the northern lights kind of a thing. And it also feels a little bit lightheaded in sensation. And again, just like when you're going up in an elevator, your body might give you indications of just like, whoa, whoo, wow, I really, I really kind of, again, changed elevations because you did. Reality is all the same. It's just a matter whether you perceive it to be ordinary or non-ordinary. And at this point in, in time and space on the planet, I would invite you to step even deeper into the space where everything is reality. This is a time for following the lead of the planet. So many things are getting dismantled. I would invite you to allow the planet to guide you and allow your animal spirit partners, your actual guide partners to support you as you maybe continue or maybe even begin your own internal journey to the center of yourself. This is where you'll find the animals waiting for you and just as it should be. I'm Lizanne Flynn. This has been the Animal's Eye View Podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.